This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. All right, welcome to episode 225. Paul D. Giovanni is here. Good to see you here in the house. I, I'm, you know, we've met out a bunch of times. We have. I would say a little more than just met. That we've been friendly out a couple times. We have for a number of years now, I feel like. You know, is your wife famous? She is. Okay. She's pretty famous. Tell, okay, I don't know. What is, what is she in? She is in a show on Freeform called The Bold Type. Okay, is, does it have like a big fault? Like like really, it does. Because when you got married and they had your pictures all over people. People. I thought, good for Paul. One, she's way prettier than he is. It's always a goal for us guys, right? It's always totally a goal. worked. That's a huge compliment. But two, I was like, can people's covering Paul's wedding? It was, I, it was in the magazine too, which is crazy. Like, oh, they actually, actually printed physical. it on paper. Yeah. And then I saw, I went to your wife's Instagram and she had a ton of followers. Right. So she's an actress. She is. Huh. So she How did she end up here? She ended up in Nashville, I will say probably mostly because of me. Um we met in LA. So she got her start. She did American Idol. She was finished in eighth place when she was like 16. How long ago was that? Um, 11 years ago now. Is it bad that I don't know all the history of American Idol? Like I'm on the show and I'm like, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, there's been so, I mean. She's still so a singer? Uh, yes. So okay. she hasn't done anything in a minute, but um, we're kind of talking about maybe doing something soon. But uh, we met in LA and um, she was on a show called Faking It. Um, on MTV at that point. And then that went a few seasons. I ended up moving here um, to do, you know, the whole country thing. And we were still together, but it was one of those things where she had to work there and I was here and we weren't sure what was going to happen. She took a trip out, surprised me here. And while she did that, she was like, wow, I love it here. All our friends are here. What am I doing in LA? Like, so. How long ago was that? That was five years ago-ish. And so you guys have both been together, been here five years. Well, she's an actress, so of course she's always gone, but yeah. like our home base is here. You get your mail here. The mail, yeah. And what's I mean, her- I'm always here, like at all times here, unless I'm visiting her. And her show is called? Uh, the Bold Type. And how did you two meet? Were you the guitarist when you met her? Um, or were you already? The band, when we met, the band was pretty slow at that point already. We'd kind of like not really been doing anything. Um, and I was writing out in LA and kind of just hanging, and I moved in with a friend of hers. And she, I found out later, she saw a picture of me online with him at actually a Celtics Clippers game. And she was like, who is that guy? And, and our friend Gavi was like, oh, that's my new roommate. Um, so she, she, she infiltrated. to you immediately. So she, she wow. just showed up one day and was like, oh, hey, who are you? Like, I didn't know she had pre-planned it with him. Nice. So I kind of got ambushed a little bit, but. The best kind of ambush. It, it worked, yeah. And I really wasn't expecting to start with that, but I was just thinking about you, which I do a lot. Thank you. I, did, I, I think about you a lot. And, uh. I was like, oh, yeah, I wonder, because I, again, unless you, there are so many ways now that if you're good at what you do to have notoriety, success, fame, whichever level of that, that you, 
And because I don't follow that thread of female, I assume it's a female show. Yes. It's like tampons and it's it's yeah there's girl it's like a younger sort of sex in the city thing yeah so i wouldn't i wouldn't stumble upon you, that However, probably not i'm watching i watch cheer have you watched cheer on netflix i have it dude, pops up dude but you, i haven't you watched watch. is it good and i'm telling you i was holding out i was like what do i care about a cheerleading show but i do really like documentaries right so i'm torn because i don't so know is it one of those things where the story is so good it doesn't matter what the thing is they're actually talking about yes okay but then you really get into cheer, and all of a sudden, you it's now, it's one o'clock in the morning. You're like, I believe I can do it, and you're just like feeling all the. You're playing like fantasy it, cheerleading <laughs> competitions on your phone. It's it's great. Okay, the girl that I'm dating now um, was like, you should watch it, and I was like, no, I don't think so. She's like, you should watch it. So what I like to do sometimes to prove people wrong. So I was gonna watch it and hate it. I was, then I was gonna hit her. You back. wanted not. To yeah, like I was it. like, this is gonna. I'm gonna hit her. That's back. A, that I way, like going into that things way. She like can that. just like I can just be like, hey, leave me alone. I don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. anymore. It's stupid. But I watched the first episode and, and I was like, oh, where they get only 60 days till Daytona? I need to see what happens next. So when I turn Netflix on, you know, how it has the autoplay thing. Cheer has been auto playing full volume for the past two weeks, and I just hate it. Get it out of my face. It's speaking to so you. So I'm mad at it, but now maybe it's like a thing that needs to happen. It's such a good show. Like I'm really wondering what's up with everybody. Like I've. I'm not wondering because I've now stalked them all on Instagram, and luckily they're adults. They're, right, they're it's right. it's a junior college, and it's Navarro Junior College, so they're all like 22. Okay. So, but yeah, it's great. It's speaking of girl show, I may even like your wife show. Do you watch your wife show? I do. Do you like it? Would you like it if she wasn't your wife? I I think it's safe to say like I probably wouldn't have started watching the show if she wasn't on it already, but. Now that I do, it's really good. It's funny. It's well written. It, it, there is something for everybody on it. Well, good for you. Good for you. I, she's always super nice. Like she's, she's like, yeah, she's the cool. She's listen. I'm be honest. She's cooler. The two people of you. like <laughs> when they see me out, they're like, "Hey, where's Katie?" It's yeah, like she, immediately. I'm like, I get it now. Uh, I'm gonna just roll through some stats on you real cool. quick, and then we'll come back to it. Uh, number one songs that you've written: Justin Moore, "The Ones That Didn't Make It Back Home." Hey. Here's to the ones that didn't make it back home. Dan and Shay, How Not To, with one of my best buds, Adam Hambrick. Yes, yeah, and love Adam. He came out and was playing guitar in my band for a bit, and we played this every night because, you know, if you write it, you get to play it. Oh, that's cool. I didn't even know that. And so I did I did a lot of the backgrounds on this song for a long time. I had to learn it. Like that's I, awesome. I learned the easy parts on guitar. But yeah, we did that a lot. Um, as a producer, uh, Singles You Up from Jordan Davis. What's it like to, because I know what it's like when you write a number one, and I have a lot of friends that have written number ones and the number one parties, but if you produce a number one, what happens? Um, It's less cool, I think. <laughs> like, you get, like, maybe a little less love at the number one party, but that's fine. I mean, like, I know my job when it, it's as a producer. Like, I'm usually, my first thought is, you know, I, I love production. That's why I do it, or I, obviously I wouldn't, but I'm always like, man, I wish I had written this too, of course, but... um. No, it's cool. I mean, I, I love it all. I like I like the mix. I like producing, um, like usually one record at a time. I've tried to do multiple projects at once, and it just spreads me too thin. But I like having that kind of like tinkering with something for so long, part of my job, and then also writing every day and just grabbing the magic as it comes and seeing what comes of it. Sort of thing back and forth really works well for me. Have you ever got a song to produce and thought? If I if we just change this part a little bit here, and then they said you deserve writing credit on it because you've changed it so much because it's a fine line when you're producing. Because, I've heard of that happen because you're creating as a producer. Right? Have has that ever happened to you? It hasn't. I mean, I've changed little things here and there that I just think are for the benefit of like my job as a producer is to make it the best thing possible. I think if I was, if I, I, I mean, I couldn't even imagine being like, hey, I think we need to change all these lines or whatever because that's kind of overstepping a little bit. If it, if it came to that point at some point, maybe I would, but I never have. So, I mean, I've, I've gotten some pretty good stuff to produce so far, I guess that means. You could change a word. Take, if, if I could get writing credit and no one would care and I could do that every time, I would. I'd change a word. There are, and you probably know them too, we won't say them, but I know of a couple of artists who have done that, who have been like, I mean, you're, I'm going to cut the song a lot. Oh, like as an I'm artist. A, yeah, I'm going to add a word. I've heard of that too. Um... I think there's something to, if you're an artist and you get a song pitched and you normally write your songs in, 
I get like if you're an artist, you feel like you need to own something to a degree. And if you are actually making it a little more yours, I think that that's but fair. a little more yours is different than going. I'm going to change a word. And One word I'm, seems like it's pushing it. I'm not even sure the story line. behind that. Even a lot. Mm, that yeah, it's a lot. I wouldn't do that. I don't think. But disrespectful to the songwriters who spent the four hours or more writing it, demoing it. Right. I would like to say I'm not an advocate of people who do that. Right. If you're not changing it really for the better that you believe deep down in your heart, then yeah, that could be a little, I could see how that could be seen a certain way. Uh, other songs you wrote, uh, the new Sam Hunt, Sinning With You. I never felt like I was sinning with you. Always felt like I could talk to God in the morning. I knew that I would end up that with you. Emily Wiseman, Josh Osborne, and Sam Hunt. And then uh, we'll do this one, Cassidy Pope, Take You Home. I want to take you home and I ain't talking about it tomorrow. Do you, do you miss being the, the guy on stage? Because we talked about your songwriting or producing. As you don't, you know, with that job, you're not really out there as much. I'm back and forth with it a little bit. When I'm at a show and I'm feeling it at night and I just see the band go up there and they're killing it and I'm side stage or whatever, I'm like, man, I kind of miss that. I have that in my DNA a little bit. I do miss it. But then at the end of the night when I go home and get in bed and wake up the next morning, I'm kind of like, I'm glad I'm not on a bus again for the next six months because when we tour i mean the country touring thing which i never knew about till i started doing country is wednesday night till sunday morning or thursday till sunday morning and then you go home for the rest of the week obviously rock we would be gone for there were times we were gone for nine months straight tour to tour to tour driving a van like every single day playing a show so that's crazy it was pretty exhausting uh and if you're not familiar uh, Boys Like Girls, you were the lead guitar player of Boys yes. Like Girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's play a few of these songs, because when I was doing pop radio, I played the crap out of this song. Yes, thing. love it. Uh, the Great Escape, here's this one. What would you say that your next biggest song is? Like, I know a bunch of these just from being in around it, but I don't know, like... I think our biggest, like, on paper was two is better than one. With Taylor? With Taylor. Was bigger than The Great Escape? I think, like, number-wise it was. But The Great Escape did, like, got us going. That was bigger, like, for, like, a social thing, I think. Like, people remember that one the most. Yeah, I know all the words of The Great Escape. I don't know that I know two is better than one. Huh. Maybe because it's all emo and taylor it's like watching the girl show. You know, I'm just like, no, 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 if it's for me. It's like watching Cheer. Yeah. yeah. Um, um, and then probably uh, Love Drunk would be. Yeah. This is, this is a, I know this one too. This one was a jam. Which one did you like to play the most when it was time to show up on the set list? So we had a fun thing um, where we played. Um, I think that was probably the most fun that got the crowd going the craziest, but we would play certain songs twice in a set. Like we would open the show with Love Drunk and then close it with Love Drunk or play The Great Escape twice. Or we were just, we went to a, we had a radio event and was it Baby Bash? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was that the guy that had Cyclone and everything? He was working like a Cyclone. He came yeah. out Houston rapper, and he yeah. was playing three songs and he pl- he did Cyclone with all the guys and they were whipping the towels around and then he played Sugar Sugar or whatever. Sugar, how you get so high? Great. And then they played Cyclone again. And the crowd went crazier the second time. So we were like, what if we just did this? It's like, if people don't like it, we won't do it again. But we started doing it. And every time you play the song the second time, they go crazier. So we just started doing it. And you guys got together how? Very kind of organically. We were just... Did you grow up around each other? Yeah. All about an hour away. Like I was an hour west of Boston. Martin was an hour north. And John and Brian were an hour south. So we just... um, me and two of the guys started doing like this folk project in my town with a kid I knew. And then we finished that. A year later, I got a call to come audition and I did. And Martin was there and we just started doing the thing and everything happened real fast. And Martin's here now too, right? He is. I've seen him around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Are you guys cool or no? Oh, yeah. You are? I was, I was over his house last night. All yeah. of us were together, actually. Are you, Really? Mm-hmm. Do, you, are, do you guys ever play together? We are. You're going to again? In April, we're going to Australia and a few other spots. Have you guys thought about bringing it back? We have talked about a few different things. We're not really sure exactly what yet, but we're going to yeah, we're gonna figure it out. Somebody just put out a record. Mike, who are we just talking about? Hot Chill Ray. Hot Chill Ray just put out. And, and they're Nashville, yep. too. We're buddies with them, yeah. Yeah. And we took them out on their first tour ever. 
actually, way back. They have a new song. It's called like I Hate LA or something. Mm-hmm. Have you heard it? I have not. And it's good, but it reminds me of like you guys' style that, you know, and a lot of that, because again, I was in pop when you guys were over there too. So yeah, we, yeah. we both were there. But it's like, man, I could really see you guys doing it again. Yeah, we're, I mean, I think we're kind of just like, I mean, we all hang out every day. Like we're still really, really close. So it's kind of like, why why don't we just see what happened? Like what's the worst that could happen? Did the company break up? Like, because you're, you're a band and you had a like an LLC, I'm sure. The money all went to. Right, yeah. I think we don't really have any of that happening anymore. But like if something starts rolling again, we're, it's, that's the easy part. The hard part is getting that that smash hit number one song written. Dang, that's pretty cool. Uh, we'll see. I mean, you guys are all, just gonna have, if it's not fun, at this point, we're all doing stuff. We're you guys all are doing, all like good looking and still like hitting it though. It's good. Yeah, everything's good. Yeah, you and Martin are better now. I think you're even better now. I like that. I'll take yeah, that. Yeah, I think like you're- <laughs> That's awesome. You're like cooler and better looking and in better shape. And I think that I- All right, we're gonna go. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go right after this I'm, is the project I'm now. in for a boys like girls. We got an announcement at midnight. BLG is what, back. Here's what, here's what we'll do. When you guys decide it, you can come on my show. Okay. And you can play- on my show, and we'll make the big announcement if you want. Love 160 it. cities. Okay, that's helpful. So Love that, it. That is, we'll make that deal right here, because I was a big fan. Whenever you guys do it, if you want, you can come on my show. All right. You don't have to. I, I can I, send you to Woody at all, who's a buddy of mine. I'm, I'm down. No, no, no. That's, that's, the right, that's the right space. All right. How long did you guys do Boys Like Girls? We did that from two, end of 2005, and then we kind of, we didn't like say we're breaking up but we just kind of stopped doing stuff around 2013 ish and is that when you went all right well, i'm gonna go to nashville um so i was in la i think for another year and i'd never i was always on tour when i was living in la so i was never there long term and i think i spent a year there and i was thinking i have to get out of here it's just a, not really it just got to be groundhog day sort of like every day is the same i don't really know what i'm doing or why i'm here what my purpose is and I grew up in the Northeast, and I kind of just missed um, seasons and normal people and things Northeast like that. Northeast meaning Boston. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I started, I wrote a couple country songs with my buddy Kevin Bard, who we wrote How Not To With. Um, we were doing sync music a little bit. Like, he's like a huge sync writer out there. Which is, um, if you don't know, like, like, like television. Film, yeah. Like film, like any of those commercial, like those punk rock sounding commercials for like beer commercials or whatever, cell phone commercials, all that stuff. So one day he called me, he was like, hey, um, I know this girl who's doing this kind of country thing. Um, would you be interested in like hopping in? I'm like, I'd never, I'd listened to country, but I'd never written it. He's like, let's just try it. And I just fell in love with how, like, how much sense it makes compared to pop. Like pop, I was always a little confused. Like, what are these people really talking about kind of thing? Trying to write it at least. Did you feel like pop is more melody driven? It, it definitely, like, I mean, pop, right, once in a while I'll still do it here or in LA or whatever, and it's still like some people get on the mic and just sing melodies for two hours and pick their favorite three, which is totally different than for country generally. But just the content matter, it's just like I didn't, I feel like I could just tell a story with country because that's what it is, and it just made more sense to my creative brain, I guess. So who was the girl you came here to? It was actually, full circle story, this girl Katie Offerman, who now is signed at Universal Publishing, where I'm at too. So she, full circle, moved here and started a thing, and now she's like doing an artist thing and everything. Did you guys and Cassidy ever cross paths early on when she was doing Hey Monday? Oh yeah, we took them out on tour. We played a million shows. Really? Mm-hmm. I remember once, whenever it was Hey Monday, and Mike, what's the band that lives here? Hot Chill Ray. Nope, the girl. We just <laughs> uh, talked about uh, it. Paramore. Par- mm. And at the time, they were both around the same spot but they couldn't be put next to each other it was big drama it was like you can't put them back to back wait where was this it was in austin oh and it was like don't put them on the same bill right next to each other really and they didn't dislike each other that wasn't the reason but it was someone from one of the two camps was like they're they have a lead singer they're female they're both punk pop don't put them near someone each just other. didn't want to see it happen someone just didn't want to see them back from one of the camps don't know which camp it was mm, okay interesting but, um and i and cassie and i've done a bunch of work together and she's i've taken her out and she's open for me on some stand-up tours yep. and stuff but it's, again that's kind of a weird thing where you're over there and now you're both and you end up writing a song for it's, her that was the craziest thing yeah so when you come to nashville you start writing when was it when you go all right i gotta move out there so i would take trips um so early on, we used to, BLG used to rehearse here and we took our buses out of here. So I had a lot of experience with the city, especially with the Taylor Swift thing. Um, so I, I'd always loved it. 
and me and my buddy Kevin just started doing like one week every month. We would come for a week and um, just write for a week, bring the stuff back, produce it out, see what happens. And we got a few bites on things, nothing crazy or really firm, but um, it just started to make sense. And I'm like, this, this is such a community of a city that like it didn't, we couldn't just be these guys from LA that flew in and like, we weren't going to get really embraced. So it's like, we have to be there just in right full time. Like, it, I was kind of just flying here to go back to LA to pay 10 times the rent for no reason and not be where I need to be sort of thing. And I think it was probably six months, maybe I was just like, my lease was running out in LA and I'm like, I think I'm just going to go move to Nashville and just do it. And you move here, and then do you start to slowly develop a circle, or do you already have a couple guys that you're you're just kind of with? Weirdly enough, I I feel like I had more, when I moved here, I had more friends here already than I had left in L.A. A lot of people had moved here from L.A. or from New York, music friends, people I toured with, different bands. Just it just felt like kind of built in, which helped a lot. Did you feel like it took a second to shake the guy from Boys Like Girls? to being the guy who's going to write country songs? I feel like when I moved here, nobody cared at all. And it's still like very rare that someone like, if I bring it up or whatever, people be like, oh, well, that's so cool. I remember them or whatever. But like, it, it was never like a pigeonhole thing, which is cool. Like a lot of people here didn't really know the band, which kind of maybe helped. It's, but I bet they knew the songs. They did. People do. Yeah, people, like, sometimes once they're like, so what was that band telling me about? And then I'll, like, play a few things, like, oh, yeah. Or, like, like if you did, throw it away, forget, yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh. It's, like, three steps up from there, but. but that, that, that's as high <laughs> as I go. That's as, would, you, would you, I'm assuming you were doing the BGVs on those like, I, live? I did, I did some live. Um, our bass player was the pro at those, so I try to stay away from the singing duties. What is it like touring for six, nine months at a time? Like, do you, you wear the same clothes every day? We had like a wardrobe thing and we had three shirts and three black pants and we just washed them once in a while and yeah, it was it was crazy. It just sounds gross. And no offense. Febreze. It yeah, it, it was nasty. A lot of people think touring is glamorous. It is definitely the opposite. Right? Even I'm even gonna say at how I do it doing stand up. If we take a bus or if I'm taking like the, the small band, if we're doing like, yeah. and we, we tour pretty nice and it's country touring too. Don't get me wrong. We'll leave out on a Thursday night, yeah. Friday, Saturday. And it's a night and it's still a grind. You know, you see these teeth, but not like you. My point is, it's nothing like what you guys were doing. You're in a van for months and months at a time. What I are, never knew that there was anything different. What are you eating though? At this point, are you just stopping for fast food all the time? In the beginning, it was a lot of fast food. It was Panera Bread and Cracker Barrel. We, when we were broke, we would unfortunately steal a lot of Cracker Barrel food when we had to. Um, just garbage, fast food. Which is why you guys are so much better looking now because you now can pay your bills and eat we healthy can eat, food. We can eat a vegetable yeah. sometimes. That's why it's so great that you get back together. <laughs> I know. You can you can pay for a gym membership. You're really talking me into this yeah, whole time. I'm I was you. I was one foot in, one foot well, out. Now but. get cannonball in that sucker. <laughs> I'm gonna manage the band. Right. Let's do it. Um, your Instagram, Paul BLG. Is that because people have trouble writing your last name? Um, they do, but no. At a time, the band was all your name, BLG. Were you guys big Warp Tour guys? We did Warp Tour one time. That's it, huh? Mm -hmm. Wow. I figured you guys would be big Warp Tour. We were like in that world, but not. Like we weren't, I mean, we came from that like emo kind of 2003 to 2009 thing, but we were never like fully all in on it, which I think was either why we had success or the other way around. Like we had success because we weren't all the way. I, I don't know. But we did it one time and it was, that was gross. That if you're going to talk about gross, that was gross. Meaning? A case of water every morning, a case of beer every morning, no laundry, you're in a desert, it's porta potties, you got to hit them before the sun hits them, like bad stuff. I'm getting turned on right now. <laughs> this festival and concert season will be all about the boots, and Tacovas is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacovas boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacovas has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? 
I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Tecovas.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food. So the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me in this fight and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Yeah, you wrote the ones that didn't make it back home. We talked about that a minute ago. My question for that is, in the room, as you're writing that song, was there ever a discussion of, boys, this song may be too long. This title may be too long. Um, We never had that discussion, no. Because um, I know I've said it about 10 million times, and I'm always like, here's the ones that didn't make it back. And I'm like, God damn. And I remember when I was seconds. checking it out on the charts, trying to see where it was, it, it's always like the ones that did dot, did dot, dot. Not, Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, we just wrote it. I did the demo. I think I might have titled it that, and I just always assumed I'll let them figure it out later, and then there it was, the whole the whole deal. Talk to me about the discussion, and I'm going to ask you to think about things you probably haven't thought about in a while, but talk to me about the discussion as you're deciding what songs you're going to write that day and how this song came up. So we were out. We were actually in Green Bay at Lambeau Field in the parking lot and because um, Justin was playing like a couple blocks away from there or something and uh, we were on the bus we were about to start writing and just talking about ideas and Justin just mentioned I guess he says that on stage every night like here's you know this is just throwing up for the ones that didn't make it back home or whatever and he's just like I always thought that'd be a cool title and we just started rolling with it and like wrote it in pretty quick I mean probably three hours two three hours did you write it and then record did you have a whole setup on the I had bus a little rig, rig on the bus yeah. so we like yeah we 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 kind of built up the idea. He went and sound checked, and then I had it ready, and he sang it. And do you look for quirky words or lines in songs that stick out to people? And I ask this because there's one little phrase in that song that I can't not sing every time it comes on. Do you know what it is? Um, green bean casserole. That's it. That's it. <laughs> I get a lot of texts about that. Yeah, like <laughs> at first I was like, and there have been a lot of songs where you we hear it and you're like, well, that's weird. But then it's the it's the part of the song. That remains with you the most. It, it sticks out. And it's also on its own. There's a little pause before it and a little pause after. It's just green bean casserole, right? Green, there. as I remember, it's green bean casserole, grandma's recipe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah except nine steps higher, obviously. <laughs> um, it's, and it's, all, it's very visual. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Was that something, did you guys teeter around with that at all? Like, I don't know, do we leave this in? Did it feel quirky at the time? It was not at all like, it was just kind of like, all right, what, you know, we've all kind of had some experiences, whether it be personal or from through friends or whatever of, 
you know, something tragic happening like this. So like what really happens in these small towns and how can we just make it just authentic and real? And that was just, I think that might've been a, a Justin thing that he just said and just, we just wrote it down and rolled. We, we, we never like, especially for that song, we didn't sit down and we were like, what is, what is going to make people this or that? We just, for a song like that, you really have to just write it from just authentic experience. I feel like. Sam has some of those too in his songs. Mm-hmm. Um, especially Body Like a Back Road. It, like Hips Like Honey. Here's a couple of those little quirky things too. Yep. The, the first time you hear it, you go, oh, that I don't know if that, and then it's the, really the only the, the thing, thing, thing you, you remember. remember. Yeah, yeah, it's the thing you remember. I never know if those are like, a lot of those things are like emphasized on purpose or if it just like happens to be the thing that well, turns into that. That's one right this there. One, this was one was definitely on not, we, 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 we weren't like picturing like, hashtag green bean casserole trending on Twitter or anything. <laughs> like this was like, just like a song. Like we were just trying to do the right, you know, when the right you, words. you finish this whole thing and the song and you, you recorded, you do a, a rough demo on the bus. Do you think, I think we may have something here with that one. Um, Cause yeah, you write I mean, a lot of songs. Right. Um, but I think just based off the energy, especially like being in with the artist, like I write a lot of, I write songs every day with a lot of writers and this and that, and you know, you're lucky if you get a couple a year that do anything. But like when we're with, you know, when you're with the artist and he kind of falls in love with something as you're doing it and it comes out really organically and everyone's fired up, that's kind of like, okay, this could, you know, this could be the thing. Do you a bit hope to get on with these artists right about the time they start recording? Because you know, these artists, the things they cut closer to their record, they're more passionate about, and they because it's so hot in their minds, you tend to see a lot of those last-minute cuts get on. Is that ever a strategy with you? That is a thing. That's a strategy. I think that's more so I'll think about that with, like, pitching stuff. If it's like, you know, none of us have an idea, really. Let's look at the pitch. Who's cutting next month? Like, yeah, okay. I mean, that's an obvious one. But I feel like as far as artist stuff, like, whatever, whenever we get in with the artist is the best and whatever they are feeling and, and works out, works out. We, I don't really try to like strategize it too hard. I try, I feel like for me with being creative and writing, forcing anything too much doesn't really work. Like even just pitching in general, if it's like, all right, let's write that Tim McGraw, this thing that he really needs. Like I, I always fail. Interesting. Unless I, I try to write, like just try to write the best song in the room that day. I force everything. I should really switch <laughs> up. Uh, how not to, what's the story of that? How, I, how did it get around to Dana Shea? Um, well, that was the last write of the year in 2014 or something. It was actually me and Kevin were rented a house out in, out here in Nashville. Um, and we had a write with Adam and we texted him in the morning. Hey, we're still on. He's like, oh man, I didn't have you written down today. Um, I'm about to head home to Arkansas. Um, he's like, I have like two hours if you want to come by. And we were like, should we even do this or should we just call it? We're like, all right, we'll come by. And we wrote this thing in like a, an hour and a half. It was crazy. And we were just like feeling it the whole time. And we had it for a little bit. I think Rascal Flats had it on hold for like a year. That long? I think they had it on hold for a long time. Hold that sucker hostage. Yeah. Um, and we always knew the song was special and we were just kind of like waiting for the right, you know, are they going to do this or not? And I don't remember if they were like kind of like, were letting it go or didn't really care or whatever. But um, at some point, my old manager, Rohan, who now works at um, Warner, um, he, you know, I've been friends with Dan forever and Rose worked with Dan forever and all that. So Dan was going to the studio and they had an open slot for another song to cut. And Rose sent a handful and, that, and how not to was one of them. Dan's like, I really like this. And they cut it in the last slot. And then he afterwards, I guess, kind of found out that I had written it, which is cool because we're friends. Oh, he didn't know just, right I, then. I, I, that's what, yeah, I don't think he knew, um, which is a cool little layer to it that he wasn't just like, oh, my buddy Paul cut his song. It was um, kind of a, a natural thing. Um, and they cut it and then like as time went on everyone's like hey people are really digging this it might be a single and that's usually the death wish where it's never going to be a single but uh, lo and behold it, it got singled and that was my first uh, my first one did a lot for me death wish that one and when they name a tour after a song you're like oh, is God. that the death wish too yeah I never paid too much attention to that yeah if they come out and they're like this is the uh, we're butt boys tour you're like well we, we're butt boys never gonna be a single because they oh, named that now yeah. it's never gonna be a single that's probably never okay. gonna be a song and i've been sitting on it's on hold rascal Flats have it on hold they've had the song on hold for been a year on it? yeah i'm hoping in their their last tour here they they finally release something <laughs> what's the what's the paycheck like what's the the difference in writing a number one song as a songwriter and a producer um 
different. Is, is one significantly more than the other? Yeah, I mean, production, like I said, like I like doing that. It's a more constant thing for the brain. And also because like you, you, you figure out a rate in the beginning, you get paid per song, and then you get, you know, you get paid for playing on it and like points and all that stuff. But it's not it's nothing like But the points on a number one that you produce is nothing like the songwriter if you're one third of that. It's not the same. No, no. Much better to be a songwriter. So the producer is a guaranteed check and the songwriter is an investment. Totally. So it's it's almost like a diversifying more, my portfolio by doing both at the same time, I guess you could say. Are you producing anything right now? Jordan's second record right now I'm doing. Jordan Davis. How's that working out? Good. Do you have any more hits in them or no? We done? I think we're done. You think we're- <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like crap. It's kind of, it's yeah, probably so we're, all over. We're, we're not. We're no, good. no, it, it's it's awesome. It's going good. We're kind of just, um, and we've just been cutting a few every month and just, um, you know, it's been going awesome. He's he's the best. Love working with him. What's up with you and Dan? You guys have been boys for a while. Huh? Dan, Dan Smyers of Dan and Shay. Dan Smyers, yep. He is a psychopath. Love him. Love him. He's, yeah. He's a, he's a, he's a I, robot. And it's it it t- for me it takes one to know one, and I see just how he prepares. Yep. And I go, oh, I feel bad for you because I suffer from the same thing. Yep. Just control. And it's a double-edged sword. He he just cannot turn it off. And it's, I mean, it's obviously working out as you saw last night on the Grammys. And I so. love that it's working for him. Mm-hmm. Like I root for those guys so. I'm like hard. emotional when I see them go Me up too. on stage because I'm just rooting for him so hard. It's like watching a hustler get it. I mean, listen, there are a lot of talented people in this town. Yep. There's a lot of really talented people in this town, but that line is so thin that it's. Whenever you see someone, because they were doing Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday night shows as a country act themselves in small places. Like I was watching them hustle like that, build their fan base five years ago. I have a picture from South by Southwest. Me and I think their lawyer or someone were the only two people. It was just them two, some built-in band, and two people in a completely empty place. (laughs) And it's now they're like, doing two nights in arena. And what's funny is that's like only the halfway point of the story because he had been doing like pop, the whole pop rock thing. Like we'd crossed paths a million times way back in the day. So like we'd we'd been on the road in like 2006, seven. He's been grinding forever. It's not like he just like wrote two songs. It's like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll do a record deal. It's like he's been fighting. Wouldn't that be cool if we got to do two songs and talk like that in that voice and get a record deal? Yeah. Be like, oh, I got a record deal. You get one? <laughs> I got one. That would be great. I got, I'm a star. That's what I'm hoping for BLG again. We'll write two songs tonight. Oh. Bobby Bone Show record deal. I don't even care if the songs suck. We'll do it on the show. Oh, we're they back. will. We're they back will. at it. We're back. <laughs> they will. We're, we're washed up, man. Yeah, big stars. <laughs> uh, TRL, performing TRL in Times Square. That was always a big You're deal. You're dating me now. I know I'm dating me though too. Okay. Because that was a big deal to me to watch that. Mm-hmm. To watch TRL in Times Square. That was when I was in co- high school and college. That was like the mecca of what you could do. Yeah. That's probably a pretty big deal for you guys. Oh, yeah. I that, was, that was the craziest. I used to run home from school at 3 p.m. or 2 or whatever it was and watch that every day. Carson Daly was the guy on that TRL. Was, yeah. was he, when you played there? When we the did it, it was, was it Damien? Was that his name? Mm-hmm. That the guy? Okay, it was him. Um, Damien but, Fahey. Okay. Right? I kind don't, of blondish I don't know. brown. I was a big fan. Tall of guy. Uh, Good looking guy. Darkish here. Good looking guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yes, it was, that was the coolest thing. We did it like, man, we did it like four times too, I think. We had videos retired on TRL. Meaning they'd been on so long that they had to go. We got to pull the plug on this one. We got to pull it out. And I think back to like corn, like remember that corn video with the bullet going, like stuff like that. Freak on a leash? Yeah, yeah, there we go. Like I I go back to those and I'm thinking like we're in the same spot those were when I was like 13 or whatever. You grew up in uh, Boston. Are you a big Pats fan? I am. Did you get a Pats tattoo recently? I didn't. You did? What'd you get? What'd you, what kind of tattoo did you get? What's your new tattoo? Oh, my new one is this one. What is that, an eagle? It is. What is that for? Um, I like it. And That's good. <laughs> did it. Yeah. What's the, it's got initials um, for this book called The Obstacle is the Way. Oh, I've read it. Oh, I love it. It's, the, it's I love one it. of my favorite books. I love it, and I love the concept, and I love the whole, the whole stoic mentality, and that it's just like I will never get sick of that, and every time I look at it, I just think of like, I don't know. Just keep moving forward. The thing you're trying to get around is the thing you need to just power through. One of my favorite five books of the past 10 years. Love it. And the great thing about that book too, it's not intimidating because it's about, it's thin. Oh yeah. And, and it's, it's a, a lot of stories small, too. And the whole premise is the thing that's driving you the craziest is what's making you successful. Like the, the ability to figure out how to get around what's in your way is that is that that ends up making you what you are. So right. you should be grateful for right. your struggle. Right. Because that struggle is what makes you successful. Right, exactly. I love that. And a book. lot of it was like, 
everyone's always like, all right, once I get through these next three months and this is in place and I have this much in the bank, I'm going to do what I really, it's like, no, this is your life right now. You're actually living your life. So if you, if you keep deferring it, you're never going to be living your life. I just love stuff. I'm not like a crazy, like public speaker person, like motivational speaker thing, but I just like certain, but I'll always read one of those at a time and they just like fire me up. Have you read, I'll ask you, what's your favorite book? Because it's hard. They're, books are like Netflix shows, as you think about this, is that there's so many great ones and that it's hard to get on the same page with all the shows now. And it's like, have you read this? No. What about this? No. Have you watched this show? No. Like, Cheer. You haven't watched Cheer and it's a great show in my lifetime. So here we are. Do you have a favorite book? Probably the book of Cheer before that they made the show out of. Uh, yeah, I like that. The novel too. was incredible. It, it was great. Yeah. I, <laughs> the graphic novel, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Probably, honestly, The Hobbit was the first book I read as like a novel that like changed my life, like just like a fictional thing. And I was like, wow, this is like art. This is incredible. Interesting. Stay um, on fiction for a second. Cool. The ho- I, 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 let's go down the lanes. Yes. I like somebody that reads books, like talking about books. I'm a nerd. Yes, love it. Um, okay. Continue talking about The Hobbit, but don't go to nonfiction yet. Cool. So you love The Hobbit because love the why? Hobbit. That was just the first thing I read that like, you know, there's always a point and some people never got out of it where you have to read books in school. And some people are just like, I'll never read a book for the rest of my life. And then there's always that turning point where you're like, wow, this thing is what this is all about. I Books are cool or they can be cool. And that was the first one where I was like, there's more to it than just like trying to please my teacher. And like, I want to just watch TV instead wow. of this kind of thing. Good for you. And that was the one. And I was probably, I don't even know, probably like 13 or 14 or something. I just ripped through it. Loved it. It's fun. I don't read a lot of fiction, but when I find something that is that is fiction and is good, it's like the greatest dessert. Yep. And so, because I am a big reader, and I've written a couple books, I love books so much that I like to I like to read about people because I like to read people's mistakes mm-hmm. and go, oh, I I relate, or okay, that's I can learn about that. Yep. I think I learn a lot through my mistakes. Most of what sure. I learn is through my mistakes and through others too. And I don't look at others' mistakes to go, oh, look at those idiots. I go, oh, I probably would have done that too. What can I learn from their experience? Totally, yeah. Um, but on the fiction side of it, because it took me a while to not take myself so seriously to, to read fiction. Mm-hmm. But once I read the freaking Hunger Games, you read the Hunger Games books? I didn't, no. I watched them. Yeah, no, don't. <laughs> Blasphemy to only watch them and not read them. Did you watch them? Yeah. And they, and they They're were, good. They were good, yes. But, it's, but the books are better. They always are. They always because are. you invest weeks into a book, right? right? And you get two and a half hours with Jennifer Lawrence. And although that's pretty good. That's good. Yeah. Um, and the movies were good. But they the, were good. I remember reading the books. Maybe that or what was the book? Tom Hanks ended up doing the movie of the uh, the Mona Lisa. Da Vinci Code. The, when the, before the Da Vinci Code blew up. Mm-hmm. That read, book was everywhere. It, it, and it was so great. I should probably read that. Have, but you've seen the movie, so you know how it ends. I have not seen the movie. Oh, great. You'll love it. And it's cliche now to say the Da Vinci Code. When I read it, it had just been Dan Brown had just written it. I think I believe you wrote it, right? I believe yeah. Dan Brown wrote it. Yeah, I believe so. I was like, this is the great because here's what I liked about it is it was a fictional story, but they had so much reality in it, and you're learning about art. Oh, okay, and that's places, cool. Yeah. and all of that, that all the settings were real, but there's also a story weaved in, and I was like, that's is great. Those, those, and those are the most. Two, I might have to read the that. most two cliche books you could say. But it doesn't matter. Agree. It does not matter what it what it seems like. I actually I read fiction a lot because I read a nonfiction book. You know Tim Ferriss. I know who he is. I read a book of his, and he was talking about how fiction before bed is like the best thing to just like meditatively disconnect you from the world and help you fall asleep. So it's like I, I used to be reading these like life self helpy kind of books like morning night and like before i bed my my gears are still turning and once you said that i read like five pages of a book before bed at night and i just pass out it's awesome that works for you huh i mean i'm a good so i can fall asleep and i could fall asleep on this table if i wanted oh, to on right the now. opposite i have four things do i can never fall asleep yeah it's the two things I, i'm like very fortunate because i know a lot of people like that i'm very fortunate I, anytime after like 8 p.m if i lay down it's all over Nonfiction, favorite book um Probably obstacles away, I have to say, because I did get the tattoo. That's true. Um, you, you have it marked on your body forever. T. That, so I, I gotta hope that author doesn't do any like go off the rails and do anything stupid. But I'm, it is on a banner. You could always. I could change what that means. Over. Oh yeah, it could be I like could, it could be like the uh, ostrich is the weasel, and then never say what it means. Like, I don't. Then I'll write that, that book. Yeah. Um, I just read this book called The Indifferent Stars Above, which I, the title got me on its own, but it's about the Donner Party. 
um, if you're familiar with the, like that party that moved from the Midwest, go hoping to go to California in the 1850s or whatever. And they left too late and they got caught in a snowstorm up in these mountains and basically months went by and they were living off of like, they had like a, they ate all their like oxes or whatever was pulling the horses and all that stuff. And they ended up like taking their skin and boiling them in water and eating that broth. Like they were all just starving to death and they ended up resorting to cannibalism. And it's very well documented. And they talk about it in The Shining a little bit. So that I love The Shining. I love the movie, the book. Um, and that kind of got me like interested. So I bought the book thinking, okay, this is cool. This is going to be like gruesome and crazy. But the actual story of it and the, the facts, and it, it tells it in a way that you can like relate to these people as if they're people in your life. It's unbelievable. So that's just really like I just finished that. It was one of the best books I've ever read. Right now I'm reading the second Mark Manson, All Hope is Effed. Because I read the first one. Oh, um, the subtle art. Mm-hmm. Okay, which is which is great. I'm, great. I'm reading. Yeah, I'm reading the second one now. Pretty good. Okay. Pretty good. Capitalizing I, on the first one a little bit. Or a what? little bit. Okay. It just just running with it a little more. Yeah. Um, I do like it. I also do this thing where I read multiple books at once and all. Me too. They also I'm reading together. fifty. Me too. And I'm it's also bad. reading Hillbilly Elegy, which Adam Hamburg gave me, which I never read. Adam just was talking about that. The other he was day, like, "You got to read it." We went to watch the Arkansas game. So he gave it to me. I'm reading that. I'm reading the Ben Folds biography. That's Because cool. I love Ben Folds. Um, and then my favorite book, and it was written in the late 1800s, but have you read How to Win Friends and Influence Others? I'm very familiar, but I have not actually sat down with it. Great. It's great in the way that most of it still holds up today, and it was written 100 years ago. Is it, what is it, like a little bit of the style of it is like? Well, a lot of the current, references. The references, right, are like not like he's kosher like, today. He's like, kind yesterday, of. Churchill said, and you're like, well, that wasn't yesterday. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's um, awesome. So there's some of that. I got to read that but one too. I read that once a year. So that I, there are two books I read every year. That, um, How to Win Friends and Influence Others. That's, I mess up the title. And then I, um, every year I read um, The Four Agreements. You ever read that? No, I don't. Oh, it's so short. It'll change you. For like a week, it'll change you. So that's why you yeah. read it every year? It's great. Okay. It's, it's like, well, the, the thing that I take from it is don't. S- sell it real quick to me. Uh, well, first of all, it's real short. So even okay. if you invest in a, if it's cool. bad, it's over. And you're like, well, yep. Bobby's an idiot. You can get into it the same reason I got into cheer. Like, I'm going to show him how much it sucks. <laughs> I'll read this piece of yeah, crap. Oh, hell, look at that. Oh, yeah. um, never take anything personal. In business, ever, ever. And, and there's a okay. whole thing about that. And because we work and we're alongside people, we're running parallel, we're, we're crossing, with, and we're taking a lot of things personal. Mm-hmm. But we don't know where people are coming from. We don't know why they're doing it. We don't know totally. their scenario. We're just seeing everything from ours. And so that is something that is just, you read it and it really does adjust, it, for a while, how you handle all of your relationships. Um, but it's short. If you do read it, let me know. You can read it in two days. Cool. It's okay. like that kind, that kind of book. I read The Notebook in one day. That I, that's fiction I read and loved. Okay. Except it's not fiction in my heart. I didn't read it. Did you watch the I, movie? I've watched it, yeah. Did you not know in the beginning? That, the Notebook? That, what the, that it was them in the end, in the beginning? I read it when I was like 19. Mm-hmm. I know, I didn't. I'm an idiot. One of my friends brought it. And what I read it one day. I didn't put it down. I'm not a big, are you a big guesser? When you start something, do you guess what's going to happen later? Do you yes. try to? Yes. Because I, I don't. I spend too much time doing that. And then I've got two stories going. To fa- <laughs> I've got, I'm, I'm chasing two different Yours stories. Yours and the real and one? I'm, and I'm like, which one am I on? It's which like one, two which one ends up being better usually, though? The one they wrote. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. mine usually has an alien or a talking dog. Or- <laughs> I can explain a lot, though. Yeah, an alien is like, that'll fix <laughs> yeah, that problem, like- that plot hole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so those, those books, I feel like some of them make me feel better only when I'm reading them. And some of them I actually take things from. And that's the big difference for me with like those, like I keep saying self-help, that's such like a dated term for them. But like, I don't know, enhanced life productivity books, whatever you want to call them. I wrote, some, so I wrote one of those, right? And it did yes. well. But it, it, um, I call mine a motivational book. That's, that's a really good way. I don't even know it. if that's a term. That is, that, that makes more sense. But I would say my, my second one is called Fail Until You Don't is a motivational book. Yes. But I don't take offense. I don't think, yeah, self-help, eh. I, I, well, not, not even offense. It's just, I just feel like the connotation with self-help is kind of like, hey, you have something wrong with you. But Whereas we like, do. Well, I mean. Except we don't because if everybody has something wrong with them, nobody has anything wrong with there them. There you go. That's if, it. If everyone is broken, no one is broken. Right. Because there's no such thing as broken. If universally we're all the same and broken, that's not broken. So no matter what, motivate. You can motivate. You're motivational. The book's motivational. There we go. Me? 
the book. Instead of saying it's 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 help for oh. being broken, it's you're motivating whether you're broken or not. Boom. Yes, but I don't think we're broken. No, we're not. Except we all are, which makes none <laughs> of us. Yeah. We're not, but we totally My are. My therapist hates me sometimes because I'll go in and be like, but here's the thing. She's like, what were you, what were you philosophizing to right now? You're paying me 125 bucks an hour to be a philosopher? Would you like to switch seats with me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, but you are a Pats fan? I, I am, like big. So I'm going to predict what's happening with Tom Brady. And this, this is going to live forever. So you're, you're on the record here. Right um, now, the date is January 27th. We're recording this. We don't know where Tom Brady is going to go. But being a Pats fan, where does he spend his final year or two? I spend maybe an hour every day thinking up this through and I come to a definitive conclusion of what's going to happen. And then a little tidbit pops up on my phone and I question everything. I don't know if I can guess. Okay. Do you want me to just do it for sport? You don't have to. I, I'll guess and you can tell me if you agree or not. Great. I, think, I don't think there's any way he leaves New England this year. I think they put some weapons around him. I think he stays because I don't think he goes to San Diego. They can't win. I don't think he goes to Oakland. He's not going to Indianapolis. I think you just start peeling away his options. He's not going to Dallas. And so... So do you think he's doing all this talk just to play mind games and hope he gets what he wants in New England? I That's think what I hope. He was probably open if teams... Today, again, this could really bite me in the butt because we're just talking about this live. Like the, the Chargers said today, we're not going back to Phil Rivers. Right. And so... He already I, moved. Rivers yeah. already moved to Florida, I heard, right? And, and today, officially, they're like... but. To be fair, Brady packed his crap up and moved out of his house too. But I heard conflicting stories on that. If you really or, and his trainer moved too. I know there's a lot. It's it's dark. And I like the Patriots a lot. I didn't grow up in Boston like you did, but I like teams that win mm-hmm. and and continue winning. And teams sometimes I don't like them for a couple of years. There's like a threshold where I'm like, okay, we get it. You're you're good two sure. or three years. But after you get like four or five years, I'm like, oh, just respect now. Like I respect the fact that you can continue winning. Sure. Yeah. I think he stays, and I think that. Robert Kraft probably goes, we don't want him to retire anywhere else. He's seriously looking. He probably is really looking. But I think they put a couple. You can't just throw to one Edelman. But he wants more money. And we're already paying like our defense a ton, I think. And we have like a bunch of other, like Antonio Brown still needs to get paid. And there's all Brown. these weird things. And then I'm, I'm in jail. And then, <laughs> and then I'm afraid of like this, remember this filming thing, this them getting caught yeah and, and recently again, like with, if they get if, with, if he leaves let's just sit, let's put it this way if brady leaves and the filming thing comes down and we lose like a first round pick or i'm gonna just stop watching football that's where i'm both at. hit you in the balls at the same time brady leaves i'm so and, afraid it's and you all gonna hit one weekend and i'm just gonna be like i just am gonna start watching rugby but the the Bengals they were filming cincinnati if i'm going from memory right yes which makes even less sense but keep going right and i believe the Bengals organization and it all came out that they weren't really filming. Did you see the video that, that got leaked of it, though? Well, did it look like they were filming? It didn't look good. Yeah. At least they're not the Astros. You could be an Astros fan. That's worse. I'm glad that's taking the heat of all of it right now. Oof, that's a bad That's situation. really bad. The, the mic, the earpiece and the thing. <laughs> the buzzer, the whole thing. Remember, remember, I remember when, what's that, the short dude? Altuve. When he hit the home run, he was holding don't this pull, thing. Don't rip off my jersey. That is incriminating. He's running. That's a, all that's there. a Netflix like, documentary. Do not, oh, you that's you know crazy. them already on that. He's like, don't tear off my jersey. Don't tear off because he's wearing a. He's a. When, when he did that, I was like, that's weird. Is he just superstitious or? Well, what he said was his. He, you know, he's very modest. I know what he said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not buying any of that. Uh, did you write today? I wrote today. Anything good? Uh, yeah, it's cool. We're, we haven't finished it yet. I like, I like taking my time this year. This year is my don't just rush to get a song done year. Not that I do that normally, but we're going to, we're going to finish it another day and make it the best that it can be. What's 2020, right? What's it to you? Like, what's the goal? Um, just, um, just keep rolling and, and use the good energy and like another thing from a book that the 80, 20 rule, are you familiar with that? Like you get 80% of your benefits basically from 20% of your whatever you do kind of thing. Um, so I'm just trying to find what that 20% of my life is that's the most productive and just focus on that. I, I kind of can sometimes get lost and like, his song might not be that great, but I'm really determined to make the demos sound better. So the song, it's just like, I got to cut ties with things that aren't perfect and just work on what is the best. Focus, maybe, that's the word. Any uh, goal, like specific goal you'd like to hit this year? 
trying for that triple crown. You get the, the, the old three number one. I would. Lo- I don't really look at things in terms of that. I, I, I've, I've never been a big like planner of like my one year plan, my five year plan, ten year. I've never been that kind of guy. I've always just on a feeling like I, I joined the band on a whim. I, I skipped. I left high school early. I joined it. That worked out for me. I, I felt the need to move to LA. I felt the need to move to Nashville. Just always have done the thing and followed kind of my passion and found what I need. So. Um, not any big like i mean i could say i want like 10 number ones this year that's a cool goal but like i don't really look at it in terms of that all right let's let's recap what we've learned we've done a lot yes we've talked books books and you have a tattoo of a book i think that is about as cool and a tattoo of someone reading a book where oh she is reading a book (laughs) i just remembered that what book is she reading i I don't know oh interesting Mm. um so we talk books we talk patriots if Brady leaves and you lose a first rounder or are fined a bunch of money. That's just my depressed mind You're speaking. Gonna I know we're good. I'm, I love Brady. I love the Pats. They owe me nothing. They've done everything for me. I had the best childhood growing up watching that. I'm good. Love them. Would you rather the Pats win a Super Bowl and have to vacate it or not win one at all? Win it and have to give it back? Yeah. Not that. Not win at all. We're good. We're good. Clean slate. If, if, if all we get is this and we have a little dark period for a while, I'm fine with that. Famous last words until you're deep in the dark period. I know. It's, then it sucks. I've lived a dark period. I'm an Arkansas Razorback football fan. Die hard. I've lived in a dark period. I vicariously live through that because I think about Adam every time it's on and Justin more. Yeah, so, all of us are big. We, I mean, we so I, can to, feel, I can't feel for you, but I can understand a little bit. So I, I'm sorry. We all go to games together. Like, that's a tight-knit group of Were they good? I'm not a big college person. They were good, like, what? Years ago, right? Well, were they ever like dominant in the '60s? We won oh, a national okay. championship years. in the '60s, and then we did pretty well in the Southwest Conference back when we were tea toddlers. We were very close with Bobby Petrino. We were one game away from the national championship. Okay, and then he got in trouble for uh, hooking up with the girl that worked with him. Dude beat him up that worked in the administration because that was his fiance. It's a whole thing. He got run out. Program started over. We haven't been successful. Is that worse, or is, or is cheating in the game worse? I believe there's cheating in the game at all points, right. all the time. So when it comes out, it's just every, everyone was doing it kind of thing? We got caught? We did. I wish we would cheat more. I'm going to be honest with you because we want, suck. Okay. I'd like a little cheating. If it leads to a little victory, I'll take it. <laughs> it works. Yeah, I, I see. You win. I see that. Cheat. I know. And then let the haters hate. Right. I, get, I have no winning. We're the greatest sports. And that sucks. I don't like being a good sport. I like <laughs> no, winning sometimes. No, no. That's true. Um, so, okay, and we're going to get boys like girls back together. And you're going to yep. play on the morning show. We are. Love that. Um, I'm going to take probably take 2%, though. That's, I that's feel probably like really going to yeah, happen. Yeah. You, you think me I, taking 2% or are you guys getting back together? The first one. Oh, me taking 2%. <laughs> no, 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 no. no. Oh, the original first okay, one. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, love, love that. And, Mike, anything else? That we learned here today. I feel like we've had a good one. Yeah, it's good. Anything else? Uh, you don't make as much money producing as writing a hit song, but you do make more money producing than writing a song. Because most songs you write, you don't get any money for. Yeah, it's a, it's all a numbers game. But you, this this job, you got to do it for the passion. You got to do it for the love. If I was only cared about money, I would have done something else. I just, I truly, it sounds cheesy, but I really love waking up and just seeing what happens every day. I really do love it. Look, you sound like Russell Dickerson. That guy wakes up and is like, the world is great. No, I'm not, no, no, I don't mean in life in general. I mean like writing in the oh, writing okay. room. All right, all right. I usually wake up and I'm like, oh, I have to do this all over again. Oh, yeah. Russell's the opposite. <laughs> I love that guy. He wakes up and is like, whoa, 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 he's got, he's got energy. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I also, I, Mike just sent me this note too. The bold type has a 98% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Dude, crazy, right? Yeah. That's high. That's, yeah, that's extremely high. And tell Katie I said hello. I will. All right, there we go. This has been a good one, episode 225. And follow Paul, Paul BLG on Instagram and Twitter. Paul BLG on Instagram and Twitter. And as long as you're BLG, it's always alive. It's alive. It's always it's breathing. Because it, boys like girls is always right there. <laughs> right at my fingertips. <laughs> Anytime right. I want. Hey, Mike, would you, um, before, we, would you give me a little more of the great escape? Want to, want to hear it back to my ears? Yeah, that's uh, important. Play us out here. Oh, no, my board's dead. Oh, no. Well, I will sing it then. There we go. away. Forget yesterday. A little higher. I got, I'm going to blow I'm going to have to go on the air tomorrow with a blown voice. <laughs> All right. Episode 225. Thank you very much. We'll see you guys next time. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition 
with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tecovis store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tecovis.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tecovis.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.